0: Our first scripture reading this morning is from the 118th Psalm, beginning on page 534 in the Old Testament of your pew Bible, if you want to follow along. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, his steadfast love endures forever. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we beseech you, O Lord. O Lord, we beseech you, give us success. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has given us light. Bind the festal procession with branches up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. I give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. May God bless the reading and hearing of this word.
1: From the Gospel according to Matthew, the 21st chapter, verses 1 through 11, Matthew's account of Palm Sunday. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go into the village ahead of you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her, untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks you anything, uh, just say this, the Lord needs them, and he'll send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet. Tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them, and they brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road and others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. The crowds went on ahead of him and followed and were shouting, Hosanna, son of David! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowd were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. And this is the gospel of the Lord. Join your hearts with me in prayer. In the strains and echoes of the week before us, O Lord, we ask that you cast aside all of the elements, the accoutrements, the the decorations, the distractions and leave us with that lone soul fact of your word made flesh even Christ our Lord amen it is uh, easy for us to be distracted by what is going on right regardless of what we've already been told or what we already know what is happening sometimes strikes us as significantly more important than the stuff that we have been told over and over and over again. No less than three times, Jesus told his disciples on this final trip to Jerusalem, the outcome was not going to be pleasant. Matthew recalled in his gospel just a few verses before the passage we just read, Jesus said, while he was going to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside and said to them, Look, we're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death. Then they will hand him over to Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And on the third day he will be raised. In the Gospel of John, Thomas the one who we all remember for doubting, seemed to be the only one who actually got it. Last week when we read the story of the resurrection of Lazarus, all of the other disciples told Jesus, do not go to suburban Jerusalem. Bethany is no more safe for you than the temple. Except Thomas. Thomas said, let us go that we might die with him. But when they get here in the story to Bethpage on the outskirts of the city, and Jesus tells them to go get a donkey colt and its mother so he could ride into Jerusalem, all of the negative talk, all of that trial and death and mockery stuff seems to completely disappear from their field of vision. After all, the prophet Zechariah had written in chapter 9, verse 9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt the foal of a donkey. How could you help but make the association with triumph? There can be no doubt. All the people would make that connection. Jesus was just being a little paranoid, Right? It's not going to go wrong. It's going to be great. It was going to be, how should we put it? Well, let me use the words of the great prophet, Kristen Chinoweth. When I see depressing creatures with unprepossessing features, I remind them on their own behalf to think of celebrated heads of state or especially great communicators. Did they have brains or knowledge? Don't make me laugh. They were popular. It's all about popular. It's not about aptitude. I'll not sing anymore. It's the way you're viewed. So it's very shrewd to be very, very popular. Yeah, the disciples sang right along with the crowds. Popular. Jesus was popular. Clearly, the only thing that Jesus had left to do was to appoint his cabinet. Which disciple was going to sit on his right hand and which disciple would sit on his left? Except popularity has its price. Don't get excited. One moment they're so nice, and then you're indicted. A few decades back, in 1970, the magistrates, the curiae, the uh, angels, whoever's in charge of churchly things, Decided that this was no longer Palm Sunday. Did you miss the change? 1970. It's not been Palm Sunday since 1970. They changed it to the much more cumbersome title, Palm Sunday of the Passion of Our Lord. It didn't catch on because it won't fit on a window clinger So few people were turning out for worship on the subsequent Thursday and Friday that those in charge decided they might be getting the wrong idea. If you only showed up on Sundays, and we're pretty happy if you show up on any of those, if you only came today and came next week, you would experience the two triumphal nodes of the week. Palm Sunday, Hosanna in the highest, Followed by Easter. Alleluia. All the glamour. All the glitz. None of the betrayal. Trial. Beating. Weeping. Dying. From donkey riding to empty tomb. With nothing in between. A triumph sandwich. With absolutely no filling. Renaming today, Palm Sunday, The Passion of Our Lord, at least hints that there's something that is there in the middle. You know what a middle it happens to be. Seven days from now, we will gather, we will sing. The chancel will be festooned with flowers, tulips. We'll have extra musicians in the balcony to accompany the hymns and the choir. It's going to be great going to be magnificent I invite you to return but when it comes to the message of each Easter it has absolutely nothing to do with popular in fact today being the first Sunday of the month and this coming Thursday Monday Thursday we will celebrate communion Monday Thursday Last Supper the word Monday comes from the Latin, mandatorum, from which we get the word mandate, the command. Thursday is command Thursday. Now, we know that at the Last Supper, Jesus washed his disciples' feet. I've been to Monday Thursday services where somebody washes feet Apologies if you find them meaningful and moving. I I don't. They feel kind of silly. Because we don't wash feet as a matter of regular custom in our culture. Uh, And for us, a foot washing on a Monday, Thursday comes as absolutely no surprise. So we've already washed our feet before the service and and put on clean socks. Not the support socks that are hard to remove and put back on. No, no, no. We use the nice ones that... uh, are easy to slip off and and have no holes. That's not what happened when Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. In their culture, feet were considered the most filthy part of the body. They were constantly in touch with the unclean. To this day in the Middle East, throwing your shoe at somebody is considered to be the greatest of insults because you're flinging the most unclean part of your clothing at their head. The lowest, most untouchable servant was responsible for podiatry. And it was the posture that Jesus took, that of the lowest, most untouchable, most humiliated servant. And Jesus said, I give you a new command, a new Monday, that you love one another. If we jump from Palm Sunday to Easter, we miss that. The humility, the rejection, the denial, the forsaken cry of God's abandonment. Jumping from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday leaves no room for no room for my God. My God, why have you forsaken? No room for it is finished. That's why Jesus said at the Last Supper with his disciples, as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you show forth my death until i come that is the top the ugly fact before us this week it's not about triumph and resurrection it is about suffering it is about death before the music swells to the popular strains it grinds to christ being a popular and a pariah servant and like peter dumbfoundedly stammering his denial, we skip past the nasty bits because we can't handle the truth. And the truth is this. The truth is, it's not about popular. It's not about poems. It's not about praises. It is about passion. Christ's passion for us. Not us at our best, but us at our lowest, our most dejected, our most helpless place. It's about God's love, not extending to our happy feet, clean sock moments, but to our greatest regrets, our deepest humiliations. Our failures, our weaknesses, our lowest, most unclean moments. It's about God loving us so much that His Son knelt beneath our dirty feet to lovingly caress and to wash our most unclean selves. Christ's passion has nothing to do with what we think is victory or triumph or winning. Christ's greatest passion is our lowest point. And when we jump from Palm Sunday to Easter, we, we, we miss that. Today the crowd shouted, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest! And Chris pointed out that it's easy to turn that hosanna into a hooray! But that's not what hosanna means. The loss of its meaning on Palm Sunday occurs when we hit Easter, when our hosannas become hallelujahs. But hosanna doesn't mean hooray. It doesn't mean rejoice. Hosanna comes from two words. One which means save us. And the other, we plea. Save us we plea was the scream of the crowds on Palm Sunday. And what people did not know, and what we often neglect, is that in order for us to be saved, We need a God who can reach our most failing moments. A God who can reach down to our lowest selves. Jesus needed to go even lower. Descending, as we say in the Creed, descending into hell. Our hell. That with Him, we might rise again. And our hosannas, our pleas, save us, becomes a new Alleluia. Amen. Amen. Please stand and join with me in speaking those words of the creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate,